Welcome to Tigers SRD Christmas Edition on the Tiger Minor League Report Network and, of course, at SportsRadioDetroit.com. And so one of the things we did say before the our – la- on our last show, we said if the Tigers make any breaking news, we would do a podcast. And I laughed it off because I said – I know I told you that I, I think you and I both were on the same page about this, Chris. We thought the Tigers were done for the year. And did you see the, uh, did you see what happened yet? I mean, of course, you and I talked about this yesterday, but – Yesterday caught me by surprise. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I was. I thought it would be a little bit while longer. Like they might let it wait out until I don't know January, February, and, and sign somebody. But yeah, I didn't see them signing two, uh, you know, names, if you will, not necessarily like you know these aren't huge signings, but they're major league players. <laughs> I didn't really see that coming. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was it. Was something that so yesterday the Tigers, if if you have been living under the rock, pro the athletic, pro the athletics, Ken Roden, Ken Rodenthal, the Tigers signed two one year, excuse me, a deal to with Jonathan Shoop, and a one year deal or scope. Sorry, Jonathan Scope, as somebody pointed out. Yeah, somebody actually on Twitter, Lee Panaris or Lee at or Lee on Twitter mentioned how to say his name. So Jonathan Scope. Signed for a one-year deal worth $6.1 million within performance bonuses. Same kind of deal with C.J. Crone, who I wanted the Tigers to go after. Who And the, he was uh, reported first by Anthony Finnick. Same kind of deal. And this is the third team for Crone. This is like because he hasn't been out tender back-to-back. The trivia question yesterday was, when was the last time a, a player who led the team in home runs was not tendered a contract? And it was C.J. Crone. So that, that, yeah, that was because the Tigers uh, DFA Brandon Dixon, who led the team at home runs, and you said, "Oh, it's C.J. Crone, the guy they intended him for." <laughs> it, was, uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and the uh, um, go ahead, Chris. Oh, nothing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just gonna comment on the, the players, but if there was more things to discuss. Oh no, we're, we're gonna discuss. We're gonna discuss the Dallas Keuchel signing and a couple of things more. But let's yeah, let's go into the players, Chris. So, well, I mean, you know, they also signed. Uh, Oh yeah, they, they they Zach Godley to a minor league, you know, deal with uh, invite to spring training and an opt out, I believe. Yep, yeah, March twenty third. He has till March twenty third, and he can opt out. Yeah, and then they signed uh, Xiaoxing Chang, uh, who has been a career minor leaguer with uh, Cleveland, I believe, and that's another minor league uh, like Triple A signing. So they made some moves. I think that's all of them. I, I can't remember if there were more. That is. That is correct. That is the those are the, the the signings, and we'll start we'll start on the pitching side of things. And you can find there. I did a write up on both Zach Otley and Chang. I don't want to say his name correctly. Uh, yeah. Both at you can find them at MotorStateBangles dot com over there. And the thing about Chang that his numbers were he did pitch a no hitter in the short in single A Lynchburg. So you have that. He was he has good control, but the problem is is that when he gets hit, it's usually to do the third time in the order where he starts getting kind of exposed a little bit. But yeah, he's been in the Indian system, and he's the first Taiwanese player for the Tigers since Futei Ni in 2009. So some of his he wasn't he wasn't Carolina League All Star. Take that for what it's worth. He has a kind of a three quarter slot delivery, and his fastballs. If we're being generous, ninety ninety one, but probably uh, mid or upper eighties, if you will. So good filler, possibly long relief. And Zach Godfrey, Chris, I know that Zach Godley, who was 
in Arizona, was DFA'd by Toronto, or after he was DFA'd by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Then the Blue Jays picked him up, and then they DFA'd him. DFA'd him. But it seems like he, at one point in time, Chris, he had a pretty good combination of a changeup and a, or excuse me, and a curveball and a sinker that was drawing a lot of swings and misses. Yeah, I mean, that was his bread and butter. The uh, He's always been a sinker baller and, and kind of, he, he was kind of one of those, uh, like better in fantasy baseball than uh, real life, I guess. Like he was, he was getting wins and a good deal of strikeouts, but also a ton of walks. So he always posted like pretty high whip. But uh, yeah, and then and then it just kind of fell apart for him last year. I don't know if he, I didn't do a ton of research to see if he was injured or what, but it seemed like his curveball just stopped working altogether. And you know, sink, sinkers aren't really valued much in the league right now. But it seemed like a solid. Uh, you know, it's worth a shot to, to go see if maybe he's figured something out or maybe they can tweak something for him and get him the curveball back. And then, you know, you, you pie in the sky, you suddenly signed like a number three, number four starter for, for next to nothing. Now you would assume the other teams would have figured that out too. So it's probably very unlikely. That's like a 5% chance. But uh, even if they figure out a little something that could give you a, a back-end starter. So I thought it was fine. Those are the types of things that I always like to see. Just like, yeah, just take a shot on a guy, give him a spring training invite, and uh, see what's what's there. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It doesn't cost you much at all. So that made sense. And yeah, the, the one thing about uh, Chang is that I don't think he's ever been used as a reliever. And I'd just be kind of curious if they try him in that, you know, maybe if they get a little bit more velocity because he's got a pretty good changeup, I think. So I don't know. It's just a... Another arm, maybe he'll just spend all all year in Toledo or half the year in Toledo before uh, moving on. But you know, I thought both of those pitching moves made sense, and and Godley has at least a little bit of an upside if you can figure out his curveball. Yeah, I mean, in, in the getting the chain for a quick second too. You're right, Chris. He has not he's not started, or excuse me, he has been strictly a starter. And he when he first started out with the Indians, he actually had Tommy John surgery, so he it. When he signed in 2012 at 18, he never usually a lot of those ta- Taiwanese pitchers play in the professional leagues, and he didn't. He did play for the team in the World Baseball Classic. And what was interesting too is like he he didn't really. It, it took him almost till 2016 to pull uh, put together almost a season of 20 full 20 starts. So he's still. I mean, at 25. I mean, he is on the high end of a quote-unquote prospect list. I mean, you won't sign on a prospect list, of course, but here he yeah, is. He was he was a, a prospect at one point for the uh, – Oh, I meant like – oh, I meant now. I meant, I'm sorry, I meant now. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, he's not – not. you wouldn't consider him a prospect now. Yeah. There, there's not much uh, there, but it's just it's just one of those – like this sort of guy you see as these minor league free agents. They're 25, 26. They had some, you know, heat at some time and – now they're just kind of guys, but you take a chance on, on relocating them, maybe changing their role, maybe new set of eyes, and you get something out of it. But, I, you know, it's highly unlikely, but worth talking about, I suppose. Yeah, and, and, and for Godley, by the way, he did lead the National League in wild pitches in his fastman in 2018. So what his his numbers, and this is, I found a really good article from Mitchell, Mitchell Bannon of the Dynasty Guru, which I kind of, I used some of his quotes in because he found some really good stuff, too. His... Out of zone contact was just at sixty one point three percent. So he 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 was wanting to his go to pitch wasn't working for him to get those those outs. So 
for Godley too, he's lost some zip on his fastball. I saw that his, he throws a four seamer. He hasn't really been throwing it recently. It's all been pretty much his secondary pitches. So, you know, Chris, maybe and this and the, the other stat was interesting too. His numbers during the second and third time of the order they got worse. So, this could be a, potentially a guy that you maybe could see him in short relief. And maybe because I I know I I know this much too with the new with Dan Hubs coming aboard. His analytical approach. Maybe they see something where we get like with Houston, where Houston's telling their pitchers, "Hey, throw this pitch better." Maybe Hubs see something and it can suggest the same. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like uh, the Blue Jays kind of used, and maybe that started in Arizona. They were kind of using Godley as I don't know if he was. Uh, he wasn't. No, he wasn't an opener. They were just kind of using him as a long reliever, which is uh, you know whatever it might work for him. Uh, it's. I think he's he's just one of those guys who kind of, uh, not to like sort of like a Turnbull, mm-hmm. not nearly as is, you know, purely arm talent that is Turnbull, but like nothing he throws is really straight, and so that means like he doesn't always know where it's going, <laughs> including to the backstop or you know into a batter or something like that. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you got a lot of movement, you can have some success, but. Uh, we say he had a noted like a noticeable drop off in strikeouts last year. Went from like nine per for nine innings to six, which is big. And that was one of the things that and this is just, you know, looking at stats that about Chang that was interesting to me is that he had a huge jump in his strikeout rate last year in triple A, but also his walk rate and his home runs went up. So I don't know what the hell happened there. Uh, just one of those things, I suppose. But yeah, I, I think uh like I said. Godley's just a he's a fine uh flyer. Take a chance on a guy. If he's doesn't have anything else, then it's you know, literally like it doesn't cost you much. So I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean and also the same fact too, you know, if he doesn't call, he's not gonna let you he's gonna walk from March twenty third if he's not liking the situation. So and then yeah, it's go ahead. If he has a good, no, it's one of those things like, yeah, if he has a good spring and maybe he's got a chance, if he doesn't or gets hurt, then whatever. Yeah. We don't even talk about him again. Yeah. And it becomes a, another after, or just a, uh, a footnote, but afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. Afterthought. Yeah. There we go. CJ Crone and Jonathan scope. We talked about this a little earlier, but some of the numbers about the, what these two Crone had thumb issues, which he drew for his bad second half. Of course, Tigers do have an MO, and the and the MO of this simply is that they cannot draw walk rates. As uh, Chrome was around five percent, Scope at four, and yeah. so I mean, it look it, it, it look, both could hit. They have they have both have power. Chrome just hit thirty home runs a couple seasons ago with Tampa Bay. Um, but Chrome as it turns a defender, he does he is a negative defender at first base. And an upside to this too, Chris. I don't think that I feel like the Tigers did not have to overpay for this too. But uh, for Scope, his numbers are below the league average fielding percentage. But I don't think the Tigers really care about that at this point. Well, no, I think I actually think Crone's okay. Like I don't think he's he's probably better than Brandon Dixon at first base. Yeah. Um, Which he was at bad. Scope. I thought he used to be. I haven't checked the numbers, but I thought he used to be a decent defender. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, they weren't really doing, you know, they've got good defenders in their system. They're not doing it for defense. So, yeah, he was, he's been solid in his career. He was good in 2014 was his best year by defensive run saved. And since then, he's just been kind of average. So, it's a couple average uh, defenders with power. Like you said, neither of them walks. Scope has, um, 
traditionally been one of the most aggressive hitters in baseball. I I think I don't know what episode it was, but you could probably go back a couple months and hear me joke that I think they're going to take uh, sign Jonathan Scope because he fits everything the Tigers seem to like in that uh, he swings at everything and can make contact with most things. And that's just, uh, you know, that's like everybody in the lineup last year. So he, he fits their MO, but he's probably the more, the most purely talented uh, of those types of players on the team now. Um, and he's, he's, you know, he's got a little bit of speed. I don't know if that's going to play, you know, play into his game that much, but he should stabilize the middle infield a little bit. I'd say second base, you know, 150 times and see if they stick with Goodrum at shortstop. So it was, it was a hole on the, on the team for sure. I mean, they, you could, you could say that there are holes in, throughout the lineup, but there, there was actually like no second baseman on the team. Like it was going to be Dawa Lugo or maybe if Isaac Freddy's had a crazy spring, but I think they want him at third base. So they needed somebody there and first base was clearly something they wanted to upgrade. They talked about it, a power bat somewhere, their first base or the outfield. And, uh, so yeah, now I guess we'll see if Candelario and, and Lugo are duking it out for third base every day. Uh, I would think Candelario would be the favorite to win there, but who knows? Yeah, that, that brings up an interesting dilemma to you have here, Chris. So let's say, for example, hypothetically speak, let's 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 go in the spring training here. Spring training 2020, you have Paredes who could play third. You have Lugo who could play third. Candelario could play third. You have pretty much at shortstop either Goodrum. Or Willie Castro, depends on what kind of spring he has. Or do you put Paredes at short, which he didn't really, he hasn't really, no, I don't think he's played at short in Erie at all. I don't, no, I don't, I can't remember. I, I felt like he did. He played, you know, he did. He okay. played a little bit. And he played, he played short a little bit in the AFL too. Yeah. It's just most people consider him a third baseman. And some people even like, they're like, yeah, he's a, for a future first baseman. Yeah, or for that matter, second, they, they didn't consider him at second base, but he didn't like second base. Is that what it was too? Or am I just imagining? Uh, you know, I don't. I, supposedly, yeah, that he wasn't. That was a couple of years ago. I think we were hearing that, but I know. So one of the things is, is um, you know, they always project. Well, like, if he looks like this at this age, what's he going to look like in three years when he's twenty-four? And then we always think in the back of their heads, like, uh, eh, you know, he might already be twenty-four. Uh, so, so maybe people are overplaying that a little bit, but I don't, in any event, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I'm not sure if who's, who has options left. Yeah. Lugo is out of options. So if he doesn't make the team, uh, spring training, uh, he might just get cut, which would be fine. Yeah. I think Ken Lario is out of options too. Yes, he is. Yeah. I think this this past year was his last year for options. Yep. So one of those two is, is going to, <laughs> make the team, and one of them is probably. And I could, I, I suppose they can have Lugo as a bench bat, but it seems unlikely to me. So he's probably going to get cut, or you know, sent back to Toledo. I doubt anybody grabs him. But yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing too that I kind of think that it. What fascinates me about this whole situation with the infield then is that Candelario has the best fielding percentage of. I mean, Lugo doesn't walk. Candelario does walk, but he just can't hit. So mm-hmm. it, it just even with Paredes, do you start the clock now? And, it's, and I don't know if he can. If Paredes goes to Toledo, you have a pretty good Mudhens team next year, in addition to that rotation for Tom Prince. But I, I don't know, Chris. I, I think that third yeah. base should be kind of a like, hey, whoever can grab it, grab it. And I think the group. Here's the thing too. I think just a theory. I'm not, I don't know for sure. So just a 
hunch, if you will, perhaps they trade Goodrum for a, a couple, either a starter or, or a couple, or maybe that outfield piece they need. That, that if they're not going to sign somebody like Domingo Santana or they're not going to get another outfielder, maybe they trade mm-hmm. Good or if they either put Goodrum in the outfield full time or they trade them for something else that could help out the team within. Yeah, I think we, we we may see them go after an outfielder if somebody's still out there. That's what it's uh, interesting that you know most of the top tier free agents are signed outside of uh, Ryu and, and Donaldson, but then they're like the second tier, or third tier. Almost all those guys are still available. All the outfielders: Puig, Castellanos, Ozuna, Dickerson, uh, Cole Calhoun. Like all those guys are still out there. So I'm I'm wondering if any of those guys are going to get paid. Because uh, there's so many options. That's a, um, that's a good question. So you, might, you might be able to get somebody on a one-year deal to come out and like, hey, prove it. Um, no, but at third base for me, you know what? It's just like, you know, get, <laughs> just like Candelario. Give, give him jogging one last year or at least most of the year to try to figure it out because he's going to play good defense for you. You know that. He's going to walk like you said. He's, he's probably not going to hit, but at least you're going to get two positives there. And if uh, Paredes is ready, then you move him in, and then Candelario can, can move on, I guess. But you know, I, mean, I, I just don't see the positives with Lugo's game. I don't think he's going to suddenly walk. He's not a good defender uh, unless Jonathan Scope gives him a bunch of tips on how to hit uh, after swinging at everything. Then I don't think uh, I don't think he's got a, a future with the Tiger. But one of the interesting things I was looking at was that uh, Crone is actually one of the, the better I want to say a better, but he's a really good fastball hitter. You know, most major leaguers can hit the fastball, although Scope is not. He's more of a breaking ball hitter, which should be kind of interesting. But Crone had the seventh best barrel percentage in all of baseball last year. Wow. Like, yeah, I mean, he he, uh, he barrels it up. He hits it hard. Who was he? He was right. Uh, let me see. He was like right next to Aaron Judge. Let's see. So, yeah. The, the top ten are Nelson Cruz, Gary Sanchez, Joey Gallo, Mike Trout, Miguel Sano, Aaron Judge, C.J. Crone, Jorge Soler, who hit, what, 48 home runs, Jordan Alvarez, and Christian Yelich. So that's a lot of hard hitters, and C.J. Crone is in there. So I, I, I like that signing. You mentioned it, I think, on the on our, our winter meetup show, something about him. Yeah. It makes sense. They needed power. He's a guy who can give them power. He's not Like you said, he's not going to. Walk a ton. His defense is nothing to write home about, but it gives them an actual power threat in the lineup, which they did not have last year, and uh, it might make things a little bit more fun. But I, I hesitate. I don't think either he or uh, he nor Scope are going to be like raid chips, but you know, it shows it shows the Tigers are slightly more willing to try to field an actual major league team this year, which is. Exciting. It's fun, I guess. Yes, yeah. it's better than nothing. Yeah, I'll take I'll take this. And by the way, for for Candelario, just like Meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. I mean, if you're gonna, you know, like <laughs> just gonna, like Meatloaf. Yeah, just like Meatloaf. Yeah. I mean, you know, two out of three. Much, much like Meatloaf. <laughs> just like Meatloaf uh, prefers two out of three ain't bad. Club. And he wears a white puffy shirt. Yeah. And he was he was a stand-in in Rocky Horror Picture Show. I, actually, we don't. That's just that's just speculate, irresponsible yeah. speculation. But uh, no. But the <laughs> here's the thing too about Scope too. And I've I've liked Scope for a lot. I've mentioned him before. I mentioned him last year too. Remember, he was a free agent last year. And I thought the Tigers should win mm-hmm. it after him last year. So 
we are pretty much Minnesota East at this point. I mean, it just if you think about it, just in terms of like we're bringing all, and, and this is a kind of a pattern for the Tigers too, where Joe Nathan, Scope, now Crone. I mean, the entire manager, managerial staff. Uh, yeah, what's interesting though is, is uh, Mike Pelfrey. Neither of these guys were. Oh God. Neither of these guys were with the Twins when the current managerial staff was there. So this is just kind of, I don't know, I think it's just uh, just one of those things where it worked out. that They're both positions of need and players that they kind of wanted. What's funny is, uh, is that Joe Sheehan tweeted out that the Tigers are doing more to win uh, next year than the Indians have. Ooh, and, that's segue. That's you know, it, like, it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're obviously going to lose about 30 more games than the Indians. But uh, and the Indians are in a better situation to, to do that. But they haven't done anything to improve this year. I mean, you could say they get in Class A or whatever. You know, he's a talented pitcher, but they gave up Corey Kluber for essentially a, a reliever and a fourth outfielder. So uh, it's just kind of funny to be on that end of a <laughs> that end of a mean tweet. <laughs> well, I mean, if we let's segue that into the division talk because there's their team every team. But the Indians have done something so far in the last in the last four days alone. I mean, let's start with Minnesota as we were just talking about them. They signed Tyler Clipper, the former Indian. He is getting two point seven five million dollars, and the Indians need help in their bullpen. So you didn't extend it to back to him. I mean, they the Twins re-signed Sergio Romo, so they have now Tyler Trevor May, Tyler Duffy, and Zach Zittle, or Little Liddell, excuse me. Um. I guess the Twins have been very aggressive about Josh Donaldson. So imagine that. They've had a pretty good offseason so far. And I believe it's the national, the Nationals the other team are also with this too. But they've been able to just continue to – with Sergio Romo, you have a guy who came over in a trade last year and did pretty well. I mean, Kerry, I mean, he just – he had a 3.3 ERA and – did a nice job, and it also the the White Sox, their, their twins are also sitting in Shim Yamakuchi. This is all according to uh, yeah. um, you know who that is at all. Nope. Okay, he's, he's, he's another a, uh, yeah Far East. Yep, thirty uh, two year old reliever out there. So, but at any rate, then you have the White Sox who go ahead and sign Dallas Keuchel today, and it's like wow, that's that, and that's a good deal for them. It's as a stable starter, and we've talked about this before, and with all the injuries they've had, their young staff, Michael Kopchak, coming to mind, they just lost starters upon starters. Three-year deal worth $55 million. This brings some stability to the in the White Sox. Also, in addition to just signing that, they signed him, and they signed Gio Gonzalez as well. The Royals, the Royals go out and do something and sign Michael uh, Franco. Is it? I'm saying his name. Yeah, Mike yeah. Alfranco, yeah, yeah. The former third baseman for the Phillies. Yeah, and then the Indians are like, and the, all the, all it is that you hear the uh, Lenore Francisco Lenore rumors to L.A. Then and those are going every single day, and mm-hmm. I get it. I get why Cleveland Indians fans don't show up because they, the Nolan family are just in a, just as notoriously cheap, apparently than the Marlins. Yeah, the same same family that, uh, not the same person, but the same family that owns the Knicks, right? Is it the Dolans? I believe so. I be... Is it the Dolan family? Let's see. That's a good Dolan. question. But as uh, as you're looking that up, Chris, it's I like this move for the uh, for the White Sox. What do you what, what do you think of what do you think of this move for the White Sox? 
I think it fits uh, what they need to do. You know, the, we were saying before, you know, they, they, they want to compete. They're trying to. They believe like their young players are coming up. They had some really impressive performances from the younger players last year. You know, Giolito looked like uh, a, an ace that he was once the ace who was promised. So they needed some some rotation depth, and uh, it makes sense to get a veteran, get a veteran in there, the guy, the kind of guy who could lead the staff and tell the young guys how to how to you know prepare and all that stuff. And I don't think Keuchel is particularly great anymore. He's certainly not the Cy Young caliber pitcher he was a few years back. But um, you know, it's, I think it's going to give them quality pitching for several years and when they're primed to compete. And so it made sense to me. I, I like I said before, I thought they would go after Bumgarner. Uh, but they, I think they ended up getting, you know, possibly this, the similar kind of pitcher for cheaper. So, I don't know. It was, it was, it made sense to me. And then they also took Gio Gonzalez too, I think, which is just rotation depth. Yeah. Um. So let's see. What'd you find out there? I'm looking. The Dolans. Oh, I was talking, so I didn't look. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah. So J- Larry Dolan, as a Cleveland Indians owner. Uh. Interesting. He has three brothers, Charles, Bill, and David, who died in a glider plane crash in 1980. So James his Dolan. Nephew, James, okay. His nephew, James Dolan, owns the Knicks. Okay, so his nephew. And the Rangers. So. That guy's a dick. Have you ever read he, any stories in New York? Oh, yeah. That, guy, yeah, that, it's, that guy it's sucks. has got to be tough to be a Knicks fan. Oh, yeah. He's kicked out Charles uh, Oakley because Oakley said the Knicks yep. were terrible. So, anyway. Um but yeah, for the, for the Indians fans, it is frustrating, and and we had Ed Miller ask about that if Cleveland would do anything, and I honestly, I I, I don't see something. I mean, if they do something, it'll be relatively small, and they don't. They may have so much pitching unless they trade Clevenger, but which has also been alleged a rumor out there too. But I don't know. Yeah, that one seemed kind of crazy to me. Yeah, same here. Like, why would you trade a guy who you still have club control with like that? It makes no sense. The Reds are tied to Lenore, so that's even stranger. So it's like, what do you just give Cincinnati everybody? I, you know, I don't know what's up with that, but um, and then, yeah, like we talked before, man. Like that's the guy you just you just give back up his truck and make him your franchise player. But what do we know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very strange thing. I don't know what kind of mandate they're getting from ownership, but then, then, uh, I I think it sure seems like they are going to trade him. But I don't know. There was a ton of smoke about Kluber getting traded last year and it didn't happen till this year so maybe we'll see something similar with with Lindor but I would think they'd want to move him now because they have him for this year and next year but yeah what, what's Clevenger's he's I don't see what tip, uh, oh, oh yeah. all right so yeah he's he, they, he's got three years left so yeah I mean you could get a ton back theoretically for those two but uh I don't know. It seems like they <laughs> – I think somebody pointed out – I think they won the same amount of games last year that the Nationals did in the regular season. Is that right? The Indians? I, I think so. Let me see. Yeah, I, I have I, I have that right here. Hang on. Let me see. You are correct. 93 93, wins, yeah. 93, the Nationals 16, won yeah. 93. Yep. Yeah, 16, yeah. So you've got a 93-1 team that, <laughs> you know, went on to win the World Series and another 93-1 team that was like, eh. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, obviously, but that's still. You, anytime you win ninety games, you should probably be trying to go for it. I think. Yeah, and not to mention, but, uh, it, it, what's interesting, it, Chris, they bought this franchise for three hundred twenty-three million dollars from Dick Jacobs in two thousand. They're now worth, mm-hmm. according to Forbes, one point zero five billion dollars. Considering that, I mean, you, 
think about that for a second. And MLB just came out with a news story today that they had another record year of revenue. So this year, this the year they this year they broke this the new record this year, and I just saw a news for it. Uh, where was it? Okay, uh, ten point seven billion dollars this year. Mm-hmm. So you're not exactly hurting, and I, I I just I don't know. I think Cleveland fans are having enough, and if if who hasn't had enough, by the way, speaking of that, the Angels have reached a stadium agreement with the city of Anaheim, so my theory about them moving is now been squashed, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, they are um, the city, Anaheim City Council approved the deal yesterday, making it official. So looks like in terms of it'll be a 30-year deal, it'll be 30 more years. As part of the agreement, the club has purchased Angel Stadium and surrounding some for $325 million. So, Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... Possibly them moving will not happen anymore. And then they also went out and signed uh, Julio Tarvan, uh, Julio Tarvan, Tarvan, yeah, from the Braves. It's Tarvan. Okay, it's Tarvan. Okay, Um, for one year, nine million dollars. So that Matt Boyd rumor too that was out there on Twitter, maybe squashed. But who knows? It may may go for him anyways. But Regardless, that's another smart move for them. I mean, you look at how many injuries. I mean, the Angels used, I think, 19 different starters last year at one point. Something crazy like that. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that Turan offers is he's going to go out there every five days. He's not very good. It's, I just get so frustrated. I'm not an Angels fan. I get so frustrated by the like the inability to surround Mike Trout with what he needs to, to win to make the playoffs. Like, the, the pitching. I mean, it's sure, certainly there's been some bad fortune and stuff. But, man, it's just... It's a shame that uh, Tehran's the best they could do, and he might end up being the best starter on their roster next year. I mean, I would put my money on Griffin Canning, I think. And Andrew Haney is is kind of a Matthew Boyd-ish pitcher. So they've got some arms, but, man, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean. And then what did uh, um, oh, uh, Ed, Ed Miller, yeah. he's when he asked us if Lindor was being traded. Do we? I I can't see it. I want, I you know, I'd like to see it, trade him to the Tigers. But um, I just, I can't see him doing it without getting, you know, all the rumors about them getting like Gavin Lux and uh, and Dustin May from the Dodgers. And then there was something about like, yeah, you know, if the Dodgers traded Gavin Lux, they'd probably want Clevenger too. And I'm like, good lord, you want Clevenger and Lindor for for Gavin Lux? He's a great prospect, but come on now. So yeah, everything seems out of whack right now. Yeah, it does seem um, that does seem a little out of whack, and and the one thing that seems a little inter- the last part of it too, as the season as the year comes to a close, is the interesting scenario too with Leonardo Sepetis and Jacob Ellsbury, where oh. yeah, they're well the players union filed filed a grievance for Jacoby Ellsbury in regards to. His salary. So it was the same thing. The Mets were fighting with Sepetis to get like some sort of supplement. Like we're just gonna pay you cheap, pay you less. And the Yankees are trying to do the same thing. I mean, he has injuries have set him back, and they sold him twenty six million dollars. And they're saying that hey, his earnings should be voided because I guess according and this is I saw this I saw this on MLB trade rumors that he underwent medical treatment without the team's permission. So it's not like they're nitpicking. Yeah, and up they're this. yeah, they're they're claiming. Well, it's yeah, they're trying to basically claim that he went to 
some other doctor that wasn't you know, approved by them, and that led to his injury. And since that happened, uh, they shouldn't have to pay. I think they're just kind of desperately trying to get some of that money back and then hoping there'll be a settlement of some sort. Um, yeah, that one's funky. And then the Suspettis one, uh, that, I think they took part of his money, and I don't think there's any – there's not like a grievance being filed there because he got hurt – was he like ranching? Yeah, he like was horseback riding or something. Like, like it was like I think his know, leg, I think what leg went in a hole or something, something re- like something yeah. strange like that. Yeah, down in a hole. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ed had one more question for us. He asked this uh, question too. You get one more signing. Who is it? I don't know if you did. You have anybody? That was yeah, I, in particular. Yeah, I, I do have two. I actually have two in signings in particular. Domingo Santana, or actually, I'm sorry, Domingo mm. Santana. I'm still on that. Uh, I still like that signing. Because he can play both outfield positions, left and right. His defensive numbers are eh, but he does have power. That gives another power bat to the Tigers. Puig is a pipe dream, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I, I don't think it's gonna happen. But those are the ones I would go after in terms of addressing the outfielders, in terms of, or like even either that him or Corey Dickerson. I think is, I mean, Corey Dickerson is going to be a guy that I think, in the right situation, I mean, he's a left-handed bat. And some I mean, some numbers about him, and I mean, look, you look at him; he's it's it's pretty remarkable. He's one of only twenty three hitters, Chris, to have an above, mm-hmm. um, to have an OPS plus for six straight seasons. Uh, in a, in terms over of over hundred, yeah, over hundred above average hitter. Yeah. So I mean, you look at yeah, that, yeah, and it is impressive. I mean, you know, I mean, he's won a Gold Glove, so you know, with him, your the outfield's set, and I mean, he did have some injuries, which kind of hinder him a little bit, but I, I mean, Corey Dickinson would be a nice kind of a pipe dream a little bit, but I know there's other teams out there contending that would probably want him to, like, you know, he, he, here's down the street, too, because the Cubs haven't done dick. And that's, I mean, imagine being yeah, a Cubs fan. Yeah, another like, team that, that is claiming poverty. That's And that's a bunch of, come on, really? Come on, yeah. like, just, that's ridiculous. Um, well, and, I mean, we've, we've seen them, the Red Sox. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, the whole thing, like, somehow... We've talked about this before, not getting getting a huge tangent, but the luxury right. luxury tax thing has really screwed up baseball. And how the players let that get in there, I don't know. But these teams are like, nope, can't go over the luxury tax. Don't want to pay that extra million dollars and and potentially screw up our like international signings. And it's just it's just a week, like a soft salary cap. And uh, and good luck getting rid of that thing now. Yeah, exactly. And not to me- I mean, think about it this way. They're not going to they're just a really crappy cheap that's just a cheap excuse. I'm sorry, you can't you know, but yeah. in terms of uh in terms of a start like a, as a starting pitcher, I like the Tigers to to have I threw a name out there earlier in uh in that article, but yeah, you know Rich Hill, but I mean I see him more as a West Coast guy, I'm not gonna lie. But I mean it's in terms of a four fifth starter and out there. He went to school in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Um, or, you know what? The, the guy was coming out from Arizona that I, I mentioned him in before. I did talk about him in my article. Tywin Walker? Tywin Walker. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be, that'd be a great one. Yeah. Think about it this way, Chris. I mean, he did. I mean, he only made one appearance, hit 94 miles an hour. What? Do you, I mean, this guy has durability. I mean, he's just come back from surgery. He has something to prove. Give him a two-year deal. And until one of, the, uh, one of, the, one of your rookie guys come up and do something. Yeah, I like it. So yeah, I'm, I've been curious where what was going to happen to him. You know, we were waiting to see what would happen with some of these uh, this DFAs like Travis Shaw, which he signed with the Blue Jays. 
And Walker was another one who was, you know, once a really highly touted prospect, he's still only 27. That would be, uh, I'd be all for that. You know, he had never really put it together. He had his best season a couple years ago and then he got hurt. So, you know, you, you've taken some chances there, but, but I would welcome that. The one guy in a sort of similar situation that the guy that I look at that I think would be interesting. And I think Mark was the first one that uh, mentioned this was Alex Wood, the lefty, uh, he missed most of the last year. He had back trouble, which we've discussed many times. It's always an issue. Right. But, you know, if you're – maybe you can get a discount because of that. But before that, he's just, a, you know, a funky slot, tough look left-hander. And he's had a couple of really solid years. And I don't think you'd have to pay him a ton. And, uh, you know, it's another it's a, another starter, but you could also probably use him out of the bullpen or as a long man. So it just would be – I think there'd be upside there too because he's only like 28. So, I mean, the upside is limited, but it's another one of those ones where maybe you could flip them if things go right, and even if not, that's just a couple more wins, and suddenly you're respectable and not uh, the worst team in baseball, and hooray. Yeah, there you go, and and you're doing more than the Cleveland Indians and Chicago Cubs. I mean, wh- yeah. okay, I, I just uttered that sentence, Chris. I just uttered yep. that sentence. That is how this offseason goes, and one last thing before we take off, because we're both going to see Star Wars tonight, so uh, one thing, <laughs> one thing is – to give a farewell to Ian Kinsler, who announces his retirement, and will be going into the Padres front office in some sort of position. And to everybody else out, I mean, I've, I've thought I've been doing a lot of research on Randy Smith, and, and just kind of like been reviewing some of the past free agent signings, trades. This is probably Dave Dombrowski's greatest trade. You get a guy in Ian Kinsler. Well, no, no, no. What am I saying? Duh, Miguel well, Cabrera. No. You know, eh, well. No. well no, I mean, it depends on how you define him. Uh, I mean, he's there are a lot of great trades you can choose from. You know, right. Getting Carlos Guillen, getting Polanco, getting Doug Fister, getting Annabelle Sanchez, getting all those. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would tend to agree with you because that was an unmovable contract at Prince Fielder. Yeah. For a, a first baseman who's a terrible defender, with a lot of power, a great offensive player, and they flip him for – a fantastic all-around second baseman who put up, I don't know, what, 15 wins for their you know, for the Tigers? Maybe more? I'm, I'm looking at, at 4.5, 3.9, 5.4, That's Yeah, I mean, he was great. He, he's truly one of the the better second basemen in Major League history. You know, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but uh, 257 home runs, 240 steals. Steel. Uh, the steel. Yeah, yeah, 240 steal. It's a plus base runner, plus defender, plus offensive player for his career. And it's really solid player and, and people were pointing out that he's retiring with 1,999 hits which is a bummer but whatever not to mention Chris his you last know. season here in Detroit he had an OPS plus of 122 I mean I mean talk about was that couple, in 2018 or no I'm sorry was, I'm sorry uh, I'm sorry 2016 his second last season here in Detroit he I mean that that's saying something you get comfortable and there you go you know yeah no there, there was I think I think if I look I might even be able to find a tweet where I said, hey, you know, maybe the Tigers should trade Kinsler back then. <laughs> and we really like, no. Like, all right, fine, 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 fine. No, he was an, all- it was an all-star with the Tigers. I mean, he – and it's it, it it's just, to me, he will – in terms of even his attitude, his professionalism and what have you, he was a good clubhouse guy. He was a, a, It was very, my understanding, cranky, but whatever – he was, uh, to me, I, I, I think for the Tigers in terms of even like I said, getting rid of that contract, a. But he had a he had 
a lot to prove when he left. He didn't want to like, he he felt that Texas burned him and rightfully so, and it paid off to the Tigers' advantage. So kudos to him. And, yeah. Well, what was it? They wanted him. They wanted him to move to the outfield or whatever because they had Jerks and Profar. Yeah. Who's up? Uh, so, like, who's terrible? Kinsler's whole career was like a series of like people overlooking him. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think he played. He was at Arizona State, and they played Pedroia ahead of him, so he went on to Long Long Beach State or something like that. I don't remember exactly where he went to school, and he was like a uh, 25th round draft pick. He went to Missouri. I think it was Missouri. Kinsler was at Missouri. Yeah. Huh. Well, that all right. That uh, seems entirely plausible. I had forgotten, but uh, yeah. And just, oh, wait, uh, wait, 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 sorry, wait, maybe wait, wait. Did he start in Missouri? Because according to this, it says he they list him at Central Arizona College, Arizona State, and then University of Missouri. Which okay. It's weird. I will believe you. I for some reason I thought he went on to like Long Beach State or something like that. But um, in any event, yeah, he, he you know got overlooked his whole career. And let's see, I, be interesting to see. Does he have more war than Pedroia now? Uh, I'm sure that would make him happy. Fifty-seven. Uh, he he, care about Roy. Yeah, seven. He has a fifty-seven point two war. Peralta or um, let's see, Pedroia. He's got more Pedroia. than Pedroia on uh, Fangraphs, so he probably does on Big B Ref too. Who, by the way, I, I remember Pedroia, like Pedroia being just with a scrappy approach and everything. Now it's I, wow. Talk about injuries too. Yeah, Kinsler's war on uh, Baseball Reference is is actually you know, fifty seven. Once you get close to sixty, that's real like legit Hall of Fame territory. So uh, that'll be an interesting debate in a couple of years. I doubt he'll get many votes, but yeah, it's a damn fine career. Yeah, so very serviceable. One of the, like I said, one of the best. I mean, we're talking about the best of Dave Brodsky trades. Yeah, that, I, that, you know, I'll stick with it because, I mean, you, as you pointed out, you're right, Chris. That was a very hard contract to move, and they were able to do it. So, on that note, we're out of here. Thank you so much for listening to Tigers SRD on the Tigers Minor League Report Network and, of course, SportsRealDetroit.com. Some big news coming for the website. I cannot tell you anything else. I can tell you, though, I can tell you this. We did make a – we have a new we have a new staff member. Uh, her name is Dana. So Dana will be writing for the so website. Is that how she pronounces her name? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, no. Okay. No, it's okay. I, I believe it's – you know what? That's that's a good question. And we haven't – we've not talked to her via phone yet. Um, it's all been email and what have you. But uh, if you if you follow her on Twitter, she's at uh, D-A-N-Y-A underscore O-B. So she'll be writing – she'll be – writing for us and should be doing some other site work as well. So what we're welcoming on board and there's some other stuff coming too. I cannot say anything else. I have to keep everything kind of locked wraps right now at this point, but uh, some big changes on the website for 2020. I just talked to Chipman yesterday. He is, uh, he's getting out of hibernation mode. So <laughs> some good stuff coming from him. Another great article from Joe. So Joe is working on some stuff. So check out all the great content over at TigerMindingReport.com. I know Chris, you said you're working on he's something ramping too. up. Ramp it up, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm slowly working on something I've been working on for six months. Uh, <laughs> you know. The brown effect. Well, I mean. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. I, I try to write, and I, I'm like, I don't like this, and then I stick with it, and I forget about it, and then I have to do some. There's a whole bunch of math I have to do for this one, and uh, I want to figure out what is easy enough for people to understand and what it needs to go, so. You know, I'm I'm interested to see your take on that piece I did for Motor State Bengals on the the free agent stuff. And and I, dude, I so this morning I started that article at night. I sat down, got a cup of coffee, knocked out almost 1,300 words, and I was done by by two o'clock after I proofread it and everything. I was gonna send it over to you, but I 
But I saw a picture of you and Harrison, and Harrison was learning how to skiboard or snowboard, yes. snowboard, skiboard, snowboard today. That was pretty cool. So I was like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll proofread it myself, and it ended up being not too bad. Yeah. So, um, either way, we have a bunch of stuff coming down in the pipeline. So, I'm looking forward to getting some feedback from everybody. Hey, everybody, have yourself a happy New Year, Christmas, Kwanzaa. Excuse me. In, or, is uh, Festivus tomorrow? Festivus is tomorrow. So, area grievances. So, we're looking for some more grievances. we got an article about that. Also, I, I am doing an article on my cap collection. So, that I did I did. Oh, yes. I did an article on the other day about or for Morrissey Bengals about hats and what hats you should collect if you're a Tigers fan, mm-hmm. what have you. So um it is a idea like if you're like if you're looking for the new what new minor league cap to get, I'll give you some suggestions, but I'm gonna actually do one on my collection and go from there. So on that note, we'll see you next time.